0: Welcome to Nashville Life. For those of you who are here, uh, well, all of you, welcome, but those of you who don't know me, my name is Alvin, a service lead pastor, and I want you guys to feel welcome here. Glad that you decided to spend this third service with us, our L45 service, and then everyone who comes all the time, great to see you again. It's always a pleasure to see you. We um, got a lot of good things going. That missus trip is going to be great. We're going to Africa. We're going to a country Tanzania in Africa and uh, November 1st through the 10th anyone who has a heart or interest in global missions we would love for you to come and then uh, life group leader training as they said is this Saturday so if you would like to be a life group leader if you're interested in leading in the fall semester or even other semesters coming up uh, we require for everyone to go through a brief training so come and spend some time with us we have lunch it should be a good time this Saturday, so sign up. Um, but we've been on a roll the past few weeks. We've been doing what turned into a series. It started with the day of Pentecost a couple of weeks ago where we uh, celebrated Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday is when we celebrate the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers in Jerusalem just as, as Jesus had promised. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, They spoke in tongues, and they end up prophesying, and a lot of people end up getting saved. It was a glorious uh, birth of the church as we know it, and that's in Acts chapter 2. We read through that, and then uh, Acts chapter 10 is another account. It's not the day of Pentecost, but we see uh, the same sort of thing happen except with Gentiles. In Acts 2, it happened with Jews, and then in in Acts chapter 10, Gentiles received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, And they spoke in tongues and began praising God and being able to prophesy. So we've been exploring a lot of uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit as it relates to tongues and prophecy. And I've really enjoyed sharing it. I've gotten some feedback from people in the church who for the first time have spoken in tongues for the first time, prophesied. Uh, Stories have been coming back to me of people really uh, taking the step of faith and seeing uh, great benefits already. And I love hearing the stories, and I believe there's more stories that God wants to create with us uh, today. Um, Those are the accounts of the Holy Spirit coming on the believers, Acts 2 and 10. And there's several others in the book of Acts. But the teaching, usually the bulk of teaching that we have that really explains it is found in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, I've been staying in the past few weeks, and we're going to stay right there too today as well. Uh, One in particular, one passage that we've repeated all three weeks is 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 2 through 4. 14, verse 2 through 4 of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read it really quickly. It says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Uh, We also covered some guidelines last week. I said as spirit-filled people... Last week, if we're going to be led by the Spirit, we need to know the guidelines that the Bible shares about the Holy Spirit so that we can stay true to those guidelines, adhere to those guidelines, and remain accurate in our effort to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the first guideline I shared last week is that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus and not himself. The Holy Spirit is always promoting Jesus, the will of Jesus, the plans of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and he's never promoting himself. He's only sharing things that point us to to Jesus. So as people who are spirit-filled and people who are led by the Spirit, we have to stay within those guidelines as well. We should be living our lives to promote One name, and that is the name of Jesus. And to glorify one name, and that's the name of Jesus. Never using the gifts of the Spirit to promote ourselves or to glorify ourselves. That's not what we do. um, If we are going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And then the second guideline is the Holy Spirit manifests for the profit of all. So Paul was making it clear that whenever we are expressing ourselves under the influence of the Holy Spirit in our meetings together like this, it should be done in a way where everyone can benefit from the least mature to the most mature to the person in the back to the person in the front. Everyone should be blessed when the Holy Spirit manifests himself in our gatherings like this. And um, there's one thing I wanna point out that I didn't speak a lot on the past two weeks and I think it's important, especially when it comes to this teaching and that is context, the importance of context. Context is huge in every arena, but, but in this topic, it's important because 1 Corinthians, the letter itself is actually a correction to a specific church group, uh, the Church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians is mostly a correction to how the Church of Corinth handled their public or corporate gatherings. The way they were using tongues in the corporate gathering uh, needed some correction. And the passages that we read to learn about tongues and prophecy, 1 Corinthians the 12, 13, and 14, the letter itself, contextually, is a is a rebuke. It's a correction to a church. And I want to make sure I'm clear um, about the distinction of the context of that letter to that church. And when I pull from Corinthians to speak to you guys, because not everybody in here is necessarily needing correction in how to speak in tongues and how to prophesy in a gathering. In fact, some of you guys haven't even done it before. So how can you be corrected on something that you're not even doing? So so I don't want you all to be... I guess thrown off by the, the rebuking tone of Paul's letter because within this letter of correction, there's a lot of great clarity and, and understanding that we do get about speaking in tongues, which is why we always pull from it and teach from it because generally there's some great information in there, but it is a correction to a specific group of people who are misusing it. And what I don't want to see happen and what I'm trying to make sure today is about Uh, Making sure that I don't do what I believe other ministers in the past may have done and other churches might have found themselves doing. And that is letting the correction on tongues in a corporate setting turn into a discouragement from doing it at all. Um, Because that's not Paul's intent. He was teaching us how to do it, or teaching this church, I should say, how to do it properly in a way where it benefits people. Um, but by no means was he discouraging what I believe and what he sh- shares is a great, good thing That that's a gift to a Christian's life. Uh, Paul thought it was so great that he actually says in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I wish you all did it. 1 Corinthians 14.5 says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. So it doesn't sound like someone who's discouraging this. In fact, it sounds like someone who's a big fan of it. He says in another passage, I do it more than all of you. So he clearly is not discouraging this, but the scripture goes on to say, but even more That you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, uh, unless, indeed, he interprets that the church may receive edification. So there we go back again with context. Paul is elevating prophecy as the superior and preferred gift in the gatherings of believers, when we're all together needing to understand each other. He said we should probably talk in a way where we can understand each other instead of everybody going off in tongues. Because in context to the gathering, prophecy is more useful than speaking in tongues. But, you know, I said it in last service, our gatherings are, what, a few hours a week Um, There's so many more hours of a week that we are not gathering like this. So what I want to make sure we don't do is let the guidelines of these few hours that we spend together in these corporate gatherings, whether it's a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a life group or anything like that, God forbid we let the guidelines of the gatherings rob us of a great gift for all the other hours that we spend with God during the week. Um, context, context. It's, it's, I was trying to think of an example, and I, I apologize before if you're hungry, but I, I, uh, I have analogies that are food-related a lot of times, um, and today is no different. Um, if somebody came up to me and asked me, what was my favorite sauce, hot sauce or strawberry jelly? I'm the kind of person, I wouldn't give you a straight answer because of context. It all depends on what I'm eating it with. So if you bring out some hot biscuits out of the oven with butter on it, then jelly is the preferred sauce for that context. If you bring out some fish tacos or some pizza, then hot sauce is the preferred sauce for that dish. Same with drinks. I love orange juice. I love cherry Coke. My favorite, it depends on what you're serving it with. So if it's eggs and bacon, then the preferred drink is some OJ. If it's a burger and fries and the preferred drink is a cherry cook. So, So same with tongues and prophecy. It's all about context. When we're together like this, the preferred gift for the moment is prophecy because we need to be understanding each other when we're coming together and communing like this. But when I'm by myself, when I'm in a situation where there's no audience needing to understand what I'm saying, and I'm in the car or I'm working out or on a walk, it's tongues all day. That is definitely the preferred gift for that time and for that context. So, so context is key in this, and I want to make sure that we don't let the contextual preference of prophecy within the group make us think that we're supposed to just throw tongues away in all the other times that we spend with God. So I want to encourage you guys to pray in tongues today because I think that 1 Corinthians has a tendency... Because of the context about what it was writing about, it has a context of, of, has a tendency, I should say, of, of discouraging or even making tongues seem less relevant or needed. And that's not what Paul was intending to do. So today is about four reasons. I'm covering four reasons why Paul wished we all would speak in tongues. There's four reasons, and all of them are listed in 1 Corinthians 14. The first reason why I believe Paul wants all of us to do it is because speaking in tongues is speaking to God. Speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, whoever speaks in tongues is speaking to God. And this is a very simple explanation. God is the person that's supposed to be first in in our lives. We are called to love him more than anyone. We are called to know him intimately. It's the first commandment that God has for us, to love God with everything we have. It's the first step of our vision in Nashville Life to know God, not just know about God, but to know him, to have an intimate connection with God, your father. And then it's even one of the first value of anyone that serves on team at Nashville Life. If you serve on team, you should know the first value is to love God. So if we're supposed to know God, if we're supposed to love God, if we're supposed to have this strong connection and relationship with him, there's got to be some strong communication with God and speaking in tongues is one of the God ordained ways for a believer to speak to God. Yes, you can speak to God in the language that you know, but you can also speak to God in tongues. And I'm not sure about you guys, but I as a man who is who's who's making an effort to love God more, to be more available to him, to only strengthen my relationship with him, I personally am in in no position to turn down another way and another opportunity to communicate with him. I can't speak for you guys, but for me, I'm always wanting to strengthen my relationship with God. And if I see in the Bible that praying in tongues is a way to talk to him, sign me up. I'm doing it. So that's the first reason why I believe that Paul is encouraging us to do this because it builds our communication with the one that we're supposed to know and love over any and everybody else. Number two, speaking in tongues is self-edifying. We see in 1 Corinthians 14:4 4, that whoever speaks in tongues edifies himself. It's, and another word for edifies is, is, is it, it feeds, it nourishes you. Uh, it, it's the breakfast of champions to, to speak in tongues. It's like going to the gym and going to the spa at the same time like it strengthens you and it builds you and it also brings peace and clarity to your mind it stirs you up and 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 puts a fire in you but it's also refreshing like like cold water on a hot day and only the holy spirit is able to serve both of those needs at the same time and when you speak in tongues it it builds you, it feeds you, it supports you, it motivates you. And it does it in a way that I've yet to see anything else do in my X amount of years of, of following Jesus. Speaking in tongues is, 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 a, is a gift that the Holy Spirit has given us to be able to self-edify. And I'm sorry, but I believe, actually I'm not sorry, our church and the generation of our of Christians today, we need to be better at knowing how to self-edify. Edify. Um, I love pastors. I love uh, discipleship relationships. I love mentors. I love brothers and sisters in Christ. But I'm sorry, the Bible that I read says that the Lord has actually made a way for us to edify ourselves. Which means, if you need edification, and there's not a church meeting scheduled that day, the world is not over because you can edify yourself. If you if your mentor's phone died and there. On the opposite end of the country, and you need to contact them, and they're usually the perfect person that can pray for you when you're going through a tough time. the Bible has a gift that where you can actually edify yourself, you can actually encourage yourself and it doesn't take away the the need for others at the same time. it does give you the ability to take care of it yourself um, if you need to and the Lord has called all of us to be people who, who know how to stir our own selves up, how to fan the own, our own flame in our hearts and keep us sustaining in our love for God and in our, our, our passion for him. And, and I, I was telling the last service, you know, I, I'm not saying that external luxuries and amenities are, are nice, there are certain things that we have out there that are there to help us relax and to help us have energy and to help us refresh ourselves and natural things that I think are fine. But, but I don't believe these luxuries are meant to be necessities for our lives. I think there's too many Christians who are dependent on external matters for them to be sane and for them to have motivation to love God and for them to be encouraged and and again I'm not saying that all of those things are bad but I don't believe that they are meant to ever be necessities for your success in the Lord, not when he has ordained certain things within his word and within his spirit for you to be able to stir your own self up from the inside out. Um, I was joking saying that some of us might find if we start praying in tongues more, maybe our coffee budget might go half than what it is right now. And again, nothing against coffee, but God forbid, you can't function without it. Not when the Bible is telling me I have our, my own fire starter from the Holy Spirit that can stoke a fire in me simply by praying in tongues. When I pray in tongues, it edifies me. It gives me the, the pep that I need for that day. And I'm not sure about you, but God is calling me to be way too much and to do way too much for me to turn down the, the opportunities that he gives me to edify myself. So so please. Think about that because, you know, I just don't think it's by accident that or by coincidence that the there's a decrease in people's practice of speaking in tongues and an increase for just dependency on so many other things or dependence on so many other things. And I just don't think that it's by coincidence that that's happening, that the scale where the lower that we are speaking in tongues and the less that we are doing this, the more we're finding ourselves uh, desperate for edification in other ways. And I just truly believe it's not by coincidence that that's the case. And all I'm doing is challenging y'all with a thought. Consider it a suggestion that the more this practice of speaking in tongues increases in your life, I guarantee you will find yourself needing less stuff to keep you going. Um, so that's just a thought. It's a suggestion. Take it as you want. Uh, number three. Is everybody good? All right. Speaking in tongues is your purest form of speech. First Corinthians 14, 14 says that when you speak in tongues, your spirit is praying. Now for this to make sense, you might need to have a reminder of how we are made up according to Scripture. We are three parts. We are body, which is our physical body. We are soul, which is our mind and our emotions and our will. And then we are spirit. And the Bible says that before you meet Jesus, your spirit is dead, flatline, nothing happening. And it's not until you meet Jesus that your spirit comes alive. And not only is it alive, but the beautiful thing about God's grace is your spirit becomes righteous. Your spirit is, is the holy part of you when you become saved. It's the part of you that longs for God. It's the part of you that can't wait to pray. It's the part of you that is hungry and thirsty for scripture. It's the part of you that, that, that is longing for God to be glorified in your life. Now, your flesh, on the other hand, is the opposite. It will never be holy, which is why the only game plan for your flesh is to kill that thing every day. We have to crucify our flesh. And the reason why that is the game plan is because it's not until your flesh is dead that your spirit, the holy, righteous part of you, gets to lead the life and gets to, gets to thrive and gets to grow so when we speak in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says that our spirit prays, which that's, that's the righteous part of us. That's the holy part of us. That's the purest part of us. And that guy, that spirit gets to pray whenever we are praying in tongues. And the reason why I think it's a gift to our spirit when we pray in tongues is because your spirit is like finally I don't have to sort through all that flesh like I used to or like I, that, that I usually have to because in our flesh we've got we've got our errands that we've got to run that day we've got we've got who we're mad at from work that's you know still in our minds we have our the biases we have the prejudices we have the we have all of these fleshly things that the holy the spirit in us has to fight through every day So when we pray in tongues, I truly believe it gives my spirit a break from all that's happening in my soul. And there's a lot happening in my soul, good and bad. There's a lot of things going on in my my thoughts and in my emotions. And I believe because people aren't praying in the spirit and people aren't praying in tongues, we have way too many emotionally led Christians. And there is nothing in scripture that tells you to be led by your emotions. There's nothing in the scriptures that tell us to be soul led we were never that's what heathens have to do because heathens are dead in their spirit so they have no other option than to be led by their soul but when you are born again you now have a spirit so you can be led by the spirit opposed to your flesh and speaking in tongues all it does is it, it gives your spirit a chance to express Himself. It gives your spirit a chance to, to grow and to be edified so that you will be less dependent on your soul, more dependent on your spirit, and therefore being the spirit-led person that we all want to be. All right? Step four. Not step four. These aren't steps. These are points. Uh, speaking in tongues is perfect praise and thanksgiving to God. And this is really just a part two of the first part. When your spirit gets to lift up God and praise his name, it's such a powerful thing. It's so unadulterated. It's so uninhibited. Uh, first of all, I think I should let you know that both in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10, when the people spoke in tongues, uh, it was connected to them praising God. So in Acts 2, when the people heard what they were saying, they said, there. Declaring the great works of God, so there's a there's a praise and a thanksgiving and 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 letting God know and letting the world know and letting the atmosphere know how good god is and in in Acts chapter ten, when the Gentiles spoke in tongues, the next thing they started doing they said they were extolling and exalting God and lifting him up so there's a praise and thanksgiving component when we pray in tongues and the cool thing about it is when we pray in tongues. I believe the reason why I'm saying that it's a, it's the perfect praise and the perfect Thanksgiving is because when I pray in tongues, my praise is not limited by my understanding of God. We don't know how good God is, y'all. We know a fraction, and it's a pretty small fraction but we haven't even scratched the surface of the magnitude of God. And the scripture tells us to praise God according to his greatness. So how in the world am I gonna praise God according to his greatness and I can't even fathom his greatness? Tongues gives us the ability to praise God without the limitations of our understanding or lack thereof or not without the limitations of our vocabulary or lack thereof. I don't have the words to adequately talk about how good God is. There's not enough words in the English language to talk about how great God is. Praying in tongues it gives us the ability to praise and thanks God, give thanks to God without the limitation of our memory. Guys, I'm a Christian, I love God, but I cannot tell you everything that He has done for me. I can try but I can't come close to remembering everything. Guys, half of the things that God has done for me I don't even know about Some of us We're saved from death on the way from their house to church, and you don't even know it. We don't know how many bullets the angels are blocking. We don't know how many things that God is blocking with our hands. So the cool thing about glorifying God in tongues is I don't have to know. Because my spirit knows. I don't have to understand because my spirit can pray beyond my own understandings. I don't have to have the vocabulary because my spirit has a whole nother vocabulary that I don't even know about. I don't have to have the memory because my spirit searches and knows all the things and is able to praise God in a way that I never could in my own understandings. Now, do we not pray at our own understandings? No, Paul says the solution is we do both. Because there is value in speaking English and talking about the goodness of God. So Paul says the solution is easy. Do both. He says I pray in the Holy Spirit and I pray with my own understandings. I sing with the Spirit and I sing with my understandings. So that's what we practice. Yes, we, I'm not knocking glory to God in the highest. That's powerful. I'm not knocking thank you Jesus. I'm not knocking God you're awesome. We do that, but the cool thing about spirit-filled people is we're not limited to just those phrases. We can go beyond what we understand and praise God from a place that is supernatural and that is without any limits. Again, food for thought. Um, uh, I'm going to give us another opportunity today to make some decisions for our lives. Um, For some of us, it's it's gonna be, you know, where do I stand with Jesus? Like, is he Lord of my life? And that's the first and most important decision that you have to make for yourself because according to the word, you don't even start living until Jesus is Lord of your life. Um, So that's the first thing. You you gotta become righteous in your spirit by the grace of God. And then, once that happens, then you can step into all the other amenities and, and, and nice perks to this walk with Jesus. But you got to get in the gate first, and that's through the name of Jesus. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do both. For some of you, you need to be made right with God. You need to repent. You need to actually declare Jesus as Lord of your life. And for some of you, it's time to step into some, some, some more things that God has for your walk. Um. Next week, I'm excited. We've got my dad teaching for Father's Day. So, so let's, uh, our founding pastor, my dad, and uh, I'm excited for that. But the following week, I want to um, talk on prophecy more. Uh, but today, I really wanted to give tongues a chance to, to shine because it's, and the reason why I do this is because, again, the content that we have in the Bible, most of the teaching about tongues comes from a letter that's talking about corporate gatherings. So I was like, man, I feel like a lot of people read this and their takeaway is that tongues are kind of just over there. But man, it's, it's, we spend more time outside of this space than we do in this space. And God forbid we let the guidelines of these few hours we spend a week together, uh, rob us from the gift that we can use on all the other hours of the day and of the week. Um, so I'm going to ask for the musicians to come up because we're about to we're about to end, but uh, there's a couple th- I want us to worship for a bit. I want us to have a space I'm going to leave some space for people to to take out some time and and, and pray in tongues for the first time if, if you want. Um, I will say the majority of the time you will use this practice is when uh, no one's listening to you, no one's around. However, I have seen firsthand that uh, when you're in a faith-filled room like this, it can kind of help give you the courage to take that step because you're not by yourself. Um, so I'm offering it as an option. Uh, there's people who've... who've, who've done it for the first time in a space like this. And there's some that said, I was in my car by myself. And both are great. There's no wrong or right way to do it. Um, but for those of you who, who can see yourself benefiting from being in a room and for your brothers and sisters in Christ and having the music there to help you, um, this could be your day, this could be your time. But before I do that, I do wanna speak to five hurdles, five potential hurdles uh, to speaking in tongues. And I say this because while I know there have been stories over the past couple of weeks of people stepping out and doing it for the first time and going, yes, there are some people who I'm sure that I didn't hear about that, that you just couldn't do it. You couldn't, you didn't feel like you could do it and you wanted it to happen and you heard this person do it you heard this person do it and you're like, oh man, it's not working and, and, and you've got some, some hurdles. Now, I'm not gonna cover every potential hurdle but I'm going to cover five popular ones in case some of these might help you in your, uh, yeah, in your struggle to take this step and speak in, in tongues. Um, the first one is fear. Fear is a potential hurdle. Uh, fear is interesting because it doesn't come from God, but it's still there. The Bible says that God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but it doesn't say that you don't have the spirit of fear. It just means you didn't get it from God. And the thing about things that don't come from God is you don't have to listen to it. Um, You know how when kids say, like, you're not the boss of me or you're not my dad. And, like, we know how to reject voices. If it's not authorized authority in our life, we learn as a kid, I don't have to do what you tell me to do. Because you're not my dad. You're not my mom. You're not, you know, you're not the boss of me. So we can play that same thing with the spirit of fear. When it comes into your life, it didn't come from God, which means it is not a legitimate authority. You do not have to obey it. In fact, you can conquer it. Guys, courage is not the absence of fear. Bravery is facing fear, even in the midst of fear. While I'm scared, I'm doing it. That's what bravery is. Bravery doesn't mean you're not scared. Bravery means I do it even though I'm scared. When you press through the fear, that's what courage is. So for those of you who have fear, yeah, it's just not a legitimate authority. It is not a legitimate voice. You do not have to obey that thing. You can press right through it, and that's what bravery is. Number two, participation in the occult. Uh, This is everything from the tarot cards to the psychic stuff to the to uh, dark and secret arts and stuff that that that's hidden, That that is meant to decay people's lives. Some of you guys have opened yourselves up to it, maybe joking, maybe it was that Ouija board, you know, when you were a kid and you didn't think anything of it, and the sleepover. That story's common. There's people that might have gotten a psychic and it was like, man, they said something that was really weird, uh, real, so you, you start diving into it. When you open yourself to those things and you form agreements with occult things, it can cause some major hindrances in you being able to flow in the Holy Spirit. So some of you guys know that you've done it, and some of you guys might have forgotten. So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit can remind you not to condemn you and not to beat you up, but to let you know, man, this is still an active root in your life, and it's causing me to not be able to flow in your life the way I want. So that's, if you've been involved in the occult, it's it's not the end of the world. You just have to renounce it. Repent of it. Divorce yourself from it. Basically, I break any agreement that I've ever had with any of that stuff, any of the things that I agreed to or I I had an agreement to, I break it right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, as simple as that, you will find such a greater liberty of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you will be a lot more open to the Holy Spirit because you don't have that agreement active in your life anymore. Number three, you were taught that it was fake or that it was wrong in the past unfortunately there are certain doctrines out there that teach that all of this stuff died and that all of it is just not real anymore and no disrespect to anyone who teaches this or pastors or churches because i don't believe in cursing other churches and other preachers but all the way i'm going to look at it is is don't be so out of shape about it the bible says that The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. We are constantly stepping further and further into truth. So you will find yourself in your walk with Jesus. Let's hope you will find yourself stepping into greater degrees of truth. It doesn't mean that everything else behind you was the devil. It just means that you are maturing and that you're learning more. My prayer is that I'm still stepping into greater degrees of truth at 85 and 90 years old because I don't know about you, but I serve a God who is infinite. And if I think that I have learned everything at age 37, then that's a sad salvation. I want a salvation that's of the Lord where I am constantly growing, constantly developing. Where my understanding is going to new level. Again, the same scripture. I'm not promoting new Bible because this is the same scripture but our understanding of it and our revelation of it can go to another level. So if you come from a doctrine that said that stuff then hey it doesn't mean you're doomed, it doesn't mean the church that you came from is doomed. It just means that you are stepping into a greater degree of truth. So, so don't be uh, scared or, or uptight about that. Number four, you've imitated it through mockery in the past. Some of you guys have been uh, praying in tongues as a joke, making fun of people who do it. Um, I don't, you know who you are, I don't know who you are. Um, there, I had a friend that he grew up around a lot of Pentecostals and he saw it. He spectated it. So he would imitate it, uh, but from a place of, of blaspheme. And he would uh, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. It was a blasphemous thing. And, and people laughed. So he was tricked to thinking that this was a cool thing. Like, people laughed at it, and it got him attention. He thought it was cool. He thought it was cute. And he did it a lot. Like, he would eat, like, a good piece of cake and just go, Ugh, and just start speaking in tongues. And, like, everyone thought he was so funny until... He was in a meeting just like this, and it was an altar call for receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he was uncomfortable, and he just had his head down while people were going up to the front. He stayed in the seat. People came to the front, and he said he heard the voice of the Lord say, You've been making fun of me for years, and you've been mocking me for years, and I need you to repent. And he said right then and there, he said, Father, I repent. I repent for for making fun of this and the very next thing that came out of his mouth was tongues and he it was it was sincere it was real and it changed his life he his hands went up tears came down his eyes and it was no longer a joke to him but he had to repent for blaspheming and making fun of it and then number five you're underestimating the role of your will I've talked to so many people over the years that say, you know, if it's God's will for it to happen, then he's just going to make it happen. And with all due respect, that makes as much sense as saying, if it's God's will for me to tithe, he's just going to take the money out of my pocket and put it in the offering table. Some of you guys, you know who you are. You, Lord, if this is your will, just do it, Lord. Do it. Do it. You didn't do it. I guess it didn't happen. It's like saying, you know, God, if it's, if it's, if it's God's will for me to marry that girl, I'm just going to, It's just he's just going to make it happen. No, you've got to ask her out. You've got to buy the ring. You've got to propose. We have to, we can't underestimate the role of our will when it comes to the will of the Lord. God's will is not automatic for our lives. We have to cooperate with it. We have to engage. The Bible says that the people spoke as the Spirit gave them the ability So for those of you who are waiting for it to just overtake you and just like some kind of zombie, you just start going, that's not how it's going to look, man. That's not how it's going to look. You're going to have to engage your will and your choice and cooperate with what the Spirit wants to do in your life if you let him. So I just wanted to cover those hurdles in case they resonate with anybody in the room um, because I don't want anything getting in the way with this next step that God has for your lives. So I'm gonna ask us all to stand. We are closing, but I wanna lead us in two prayers first. The first prayer is to be born again. The Bible says your spirit prays when you pray in tongues. And quite frankly, until you know Jesus, your spirit is dead, so it can't pray. So this is for people who need to become alive in Jesus, who want to be born again, who want to be made righteous by the grace of God. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that the Lord, He will save you. If you believe that He died on the cross and rose from the grave and if you confess this, something supernatural will be birthed in your life. You will be alive in Christ. So that's the first step because we can't really do anything else until that happens. So, uh, repeat these words after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's all say amen. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. He's good. If you're grateful for salvation, clap your hands, say something, express some thanks to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Now, one more prayer. First of all, that is the greatest miracle that will ever happen in your life. Salvation. There is no miracle, there is no manifestation of God's power greater than in someone being forgiven of their sins and being born again. And, but as, as great as that is, there's still more, which is why we come back week after week. There's more to this walk. So this next prayer is for those who have, God has saved me, I am saved, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, but I'm ready to step into the fullness of what he has for me. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never taken the step of faith and allowed your spirit to pray through praying in tongues, this moment could be yours. So we're gonna all do a prayer. You can all pray together. It's in English, So we can all do it. And then after we pray, I'm gonna leave about three to four minutes of just time of worship. And you can just use that as a safe space to take a step out. and It doesn't have to be loud. In fact, I, I'd rather it not be loud. Let it be something that's just between you and God. And the music will play so that it won't be too distracting because you might have someone next to you doing it. Don't freak out. We're all talking to God and it's okay. But I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and then I'm going to leave a few minutes for us to just glorify God. And if you've never stepped out and uttered something outside of your own understanding for God, um, let this be your moment. Let this be your time to try. And I believe God's going to bless you. I believe he's going to meet you and meet your faith in this moment. So, so say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Today, I ask that you baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Give me the grace and the ability to speak in a language that I do not understand. Lord, I'm doing this for your glory and for your glory alone. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So let's just rev up the music on the count of three, two or three minutes. You can lift your hands, you can stand there, whatever you want, but let something come out of your mouth that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we're going to watch God move powerfully. And I'm excited. So one, two, three, let's go. <laughs> could the prayer team come down could the prayer team come down if you would like prayer feel free to come on down if you would like for someone to pray with you a little bit more time, keep going, keep going. Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Be magnified, Lord Jesus. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. Be exalted, Lord Jesus. Your goodness and mercy are forever. Your goodness and mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your goodness and mercy endure forever. You're the name above all names. You're the Lord above all lords, Jesus. May our lives bring glory to you, God. May our lives magnify your name, Jesus. Be lifted high, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We're about to close out, but congratulations to everyone who who took that step of faith, whether it was salvation or whether you received the power of God and took a step of faith through speaking in tongues. Again, I want to reiterate the primary time that you will use this way of communicating will be when there's really no one around, um, no one needing to understand you, um, which is really most of your day. So, my prayer is that this turns into something that was non existent in your life to something that is one of your main practices that you do when it comes to growing with God. Um, I want to extend an invitation to anybody who wants prayer we're about to dismiss. This team is here to pray for you. If you have any prayer needs, whether it's related to the topic of today or not, we are here for you. Some of you guys might want the support of someone in praying in tongues for the first time. That's how it happened for me. I came down and someone from the altar uh, just put their hand on my shoulder and their faith just helped give me the courage to do it. Um, So if that's you, no shame, please. That's how I received it. So you can receive it without that or you can have someone pray with you. We are here for you. Um, We have next steps in about five minutes when we dismiss. If you wanna learn more about the church, I'll be on the third floor. Uh, Our team will be on the third floor. And it's next steps too. And I would love for you guys to be up there. Um, If you wanna give, um, if you believe God's will for you to give, don't make for, give it yourself. Praise, you get get you know choose to engage and 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 give. If you want to tithe or give your offering, you can give online, or you can give. Our finance team can serve you in the in the aisle, not the aisle, the lobby. And lastly, if you said yes to the Lord Jesus, or you just want to get connected to us outside of Next Steps, you can text the word belong to 77411 and we'll be happy to connect with you that way. I love you guys, I know it was a lot, but hopefully it was what you needed to hear. And my prayer is that God will take the word that was shared and use it to bring some exciting, positive changes in your life. Um, The Lord has so much for us and I really think this is just the beginning. So for those of you who were praying for something new, for something fresh. I believe the Lord is answering your prayers. It might have come via a way that you didn't expect, but he's answering your prayers. So I'm excited for you, I'm behind you. I, I support and, and believe in you guys. Uh, and I just wanna dismiss us right now in prayer so we can go on with the day. Father, we thank you again for this meeting. We thank you for everyone who is here. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, for it continu- for it to continue to to ignite hearts in this room god and i pray through the fire that you start and the passion that you start in their lives lord other people will learn about you other people will be pointed to you in jesus name god i pray your protection over every person Lord, I pray, Lord, for joy and peace and thanksgiving to really rule over the lives of everyone who's here. God, I pray they would just be filled with with gratitude and with joy. And, Lord, you bless us all to have a great day and a great week coming up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, y'all. Have a great day. I love you. Thanks for coming.